This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Banks Europe. Today, we have the privilege to have with us two uh, exceptional uh, startups from the Block IS program. Uh, in this episode, we will uh, deep dive into the logistics sector. So uh, just to remind you, we had a previous episode where we focus on fintech. And now, as I was saying, uh, the logistics sector before deep diving again uh, in a couple of weeks, I think, uh, uh, with Agritech. So let me introduce you our guests. We have uh, Marco Filippi from Volvero. Ciao, Marco. Hello, everybody. It's Marco here. Nice to uh, be with you today. Thanks. And then we have Jean-Christophe Finidori from uh, Odlengi. Hello, JC. Hello, Francesca. Thank you for, for the invitation. Thank you for the privilege to be with you. Thanks a lot. So just to remind our audience, Block IS uh, is uh, uh, a European-funded program that aim at fostering uh, the blockchain ecosystem within Europe. So within this program, we had uh, um, a lot of startups uh, uh, coming to the program that were kind of funded and, and pushed um, forward. Um, and two of them are actually the one that we have today with us. Um, I want to start asking you guys a little bit more about your solutions so our audience can also understand more what you're doing and uh, also maybe if you can focus on the technology because it's actually the topic we are discussing today. Maybe Marco, can you start? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you, Francesco, for the introduction. Yeah, we are Volvero, and Volvero is a technology startup that is now uh, out uh, on the market for the past two years. Uh, I am the CEO and founder uh, of a team that is now uh, composed by more or less 10 people. And what Volvero is doing is to provide an app in which owners of vehicles that can either be private owners or car dealers, car rentals, corporate, can put these vehicles available for the community. So Volvero is an app in which we allow the sharing of vehicles for one day or more. Of course, uh, uh, being part of the Block IS program, it means that we are using uh, uh, the most cutting edge uh, uh, technology solutions. In our case, it's not just about uh, uh, the technology that we use for uh, developing the app, but also uh, the blockchain that we are using for uh, storing data in the chain, data related to users that we collect while they are using our platform. This way we can have a reliable uh, uh, ledger in which uh, 
all the driving data and the deep data about the vehicles themselves are stored and then are used for uh, uh, enhancing transparency in the model, lowering asymmetric information, and finally also to foster a gamification solution in which uh, the best drivers, but also the best owners are rewarded through uh, uh, the credits or the token that we issue to them when uh, they are using Volvero. Thank you, Marco. Definitely you are tackling quite a, an interesting problem since uh, myself, but I also hear a lot of people having troubles with uh, the renting car space. So it's, it's, it's interesting what you're doing. Jean-Christophe, your turn. Thank you, Francesca. So in all hand, um, quick introduction on HotelNG. Um, so I'm Jean-Christophe Finidori. Uh, founder of the blockchain startup OdelNG. We incorporated uh, our startup in Tallinn, Estonia. We are three founders, originally from France, and we have two uh, smart contract developers and a, uh, a good team of advisors to support us in this, in this venture. Um, we are focusing on one specific industry, the liquefied natural gas industry, so it sounds a little bit, um, sounds like a distance um, in, in the context of logistics, but it's not because we are serving the LNG industry in a very specific way. We support them to, to have more flexibility in, the, in their contracting approach and more specifically uh, to track non-material value to each cargo transaction to each LNG transaction. And how we do that, we create, and we did that in the context of blockade, we create what we call a digital asset. Um, some of our uh, early adopters used to call that a digital twin, but basically it's a digital representation of a cargo, meaning that you can replicate that to any sort of industry or any sort of supply chain where you are facing um, um, a very old way to contract, an old-fashioned way to, to interact with, uh, with your raw material, and where um, many inefficiencies have arisen, uh, including lack of transparency and, uh, and, 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 and competitive um, provisions in your contract. And how we address that, we program the blockchain to permit the creation of a digital asset. It captures all the information related to your cargo, the, the, the concrete information related to the gas characteristic, but as well all the non-tangible information. And we permit to track and to create a, a value for this non-tangible information. Um, so currently we are very focusing on how to integrate, of course, uh, to address the climate change mitigation, to, to incorporate all the GHG, the greenhouse gas emission, during the lifetime value of your cargo. Um, we provide the possibility to integrate any other non-tangible attributes that, that you can give a value through the lifetime value of this, uh, of this digital asset and through the, the lifetime value of your cargo. And we have a Proof of offsetting mechanism in the, in the, in the for, for the GHG emission, and we have as well 
a stacking system to redistribute uh, the, the, um, the additional uh, revenue. So this is what we are doing. Thank you. Thank you, Jean-Christophe. Yeah, it's actually perfectly on point with logistics, I have to say. From, from your description, it's, uh, it's solving quite, uh, quite some interesting problems also in this case, uh, especially in terms of inefficiency and, uh, and, and the whole supply chain uh, development. Um, talking about the general context, uh, in the last episode uh, with uh, with some fintech, so more on the financial services sector, um, one of the uh, points that emerged uh, was about a little bit the still fear that some uh, people have towards the award blockchain. And I'm talking especially about investors maybe or consumer because they tend to associate that uh, in the case of financial services with bitcoins and so on. I'm quite interested in that because, you know, I'm not, uh, um, I, I truly believe in the potential of blockchain, but in specific use cases, I think that blockchain is much more valuable than in others. Sometimes it's quite a buzzword, you know. And I do think that in the logistics sector, especially, it really finds uh, a perfect fit. So I would like to hear both your opinion on this. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm working in the financial services, so I'm not very used to the logistic world. So can you help me understand a little bit more? Uh, yeah, I, I can uh, I can start uh, with my sh sh by sharing my thoughts about it. So I really think that the uh, logistics sector is one of the probably best domains for this kind of technology uh, because there are several uh, several different reasons why blockchain is providing. Uh, uh, a striking point there rather than in other sectors. In particular, uh, if we think about the need of uh, transparency in the supply chain, for instance, that's very important. And uh, we all know about the lack of uh, uh, transparency, trustability that we have in uh, in certain certification, like for instance, uh, the uh, organic certification uh, or other kind of uh, uh, products, uh, for instance, in the uh, food industry that are certified as to be like uh, sustainable and blah, blah, blah. But we know that uh, uh, sadly for most of them, there is uh, a strong uh, uh, lack of uh, reliable source of information. And hence there is uh, or there are a lot of frauds going on in, uh, in in this specific domain, but it's not just about food; it's about also um, other kind of uh, resources, uh, natural resources that are used for uh, uh, being shipped all over the world, uh, or uh, other kind of resources such as uh, minerals, diamonds, and uh, we all uh, we all uh, know them. Of course, blockchain really uh, can help in uh, uh, keeping a, a more transparent way to uh, to to track how these uh, goods are uh, sent from uh, the producer till the 
person that uh, is uh, using the goods or uh, the intermediary organization, such as, for instance, uh, uh, factories that are using these uh, uh, resources for uh, their production process. So, of course, this is one of the several adoption in which uh, blockchain was proved to be uh, one of the game changer technologies. Indeed, we know that uh, there are so many uh, uh, institution, private institution into, for instance, shipping that are uh, using blockchain and they are among the first adopters of the, techno the technology, right? Because they understood what uh, the added value of this was. And they also understood that we are creating uh, value for the end customer, which is something that uh, we should always consider when we are discussing about the technology innovations and leap because uh, sometimes people tend to forget that uh, it's not just about uh, a restricted uh, uh, a circle of uh, early technology adopters, but it's also about having an impact and uh, an effect on uh, the uh, vast majority and uh, on the mass adoption. So I really think that uh, in these cases, uh, the final user can really perceive uh, a better uh, experience or uh, a higher benefit of the integration of this technology. And uh, therefore the end user is also, uh, um, uh, can also consider to pay more for products that uh, are uh, uh, for qualified, instance uh, qualified yeah as exactly or uh, uh, products uh, uh, which uh, on which we can really be sure about the source and uh, the uh, process that they have been into and uh, therefore that's why uh, these big companies and industries uh, in the logistic are really investing a lot into the technology Thanks, Marco. Jean-Christophe, what's your uh, your opinion around this? Do you have the same feeling of Marco or uh, not? Indeed, indeed. Uh, I will not reiterate what Marco just said because he, he read the, the, some very good points about transparency, uh, secure ledger, uh, tamper-proofed. So this is some, uh, some capabilities and, and some that the strong benefits from, from the that the blockchain can can provide. The, the way I will tackle your question, uh, just to complement what we've heard, is that um, first of all, the 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 way to it, like is blockchain is it is it the currency? You know, when I was with the UN Nations, um, when I was speaking about. Bitcoin in 2014, everybody said, okay, Bitcoin is to buy weed on Silk Road. Yeah, okay. exactly. That's, and the whole, the that's the whole point. Yes. And, and you know, the funny thing that seven years from, 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 from that, I heard that exactly the same thing last week. Someone told me, yeah, right. Okay. Bitcoin and blockchain and cryptocurrency is just to, to found, it's just another way to found uh, terrorism and to to have yeah. uh, money laundering. You know what's what's the, the paradox in all this uh, is that we are trying to um, uh, focus on transparency, and then uh, we are accused of the exact opposite. So it's it's really very funny for me. Yeah, but go ahead. Sorry. To to no no you're perfectly right to to, to read that. Um, so in 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 the context of logistics, it's. It's really hard to 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 forget on that and to imagine that 
but the, the way you can use the blockchain is, is it's very fundamental to create two things to introduce a scarcity and and basically it's programmable money and in the context of logistics and in, in our context it's a it's a it's another way or i think a new way an innovative way to give some value to something that so far it was sometimes ignored or sometimes they consider that it was uh, just a, a source of cost of cost but now programming the blockchain in the very specific way you can as i said you can create scarcity on something you can value some information you can disclose this information to someone who is willing to pay for that you can play with this information that's really interesting what what we saw in the decentralized finance industry the way you can create liquidity and the way you can stack some technically speaking to stack some tokens to create something else or to secure another network or to and and that was a very important point that you raised Marco to to create a premium uh, in the context of the of the liquid natural gas industry now they are very focusing on what they've called the carbon neutral LNG or green LNG of course it's a fossil energy so it's hard to compete with yeah. renewables but by using this this new way uh, to to provide some valuation, uh, they can certify that uh, the, 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 the natural resources are extracted and and, and, and the shipping until until the end of customers. They can track and trace all the emissions and they can value that as a premium for the end users. And uh, and basically, this is this is the main purpose for me of blockchain. How you you track and trace the value how you create a scarcity of a value and how you provide an additional and how you generate an additional revenue for all these uh for all the, the stakeholders on the value chain including uh including in the context of natural resources including on the for the people on the ground and and the whole this mechanism how you can program the blockchain how you can create you don't create a currency you don't create yeah. Uh, a money. You create some value, and you had the possibility setting the rules to redistribute this value, or to make sure that uh, every stakeholder has a legitimate and fair revenue from from this premium. So this is again beyond transparency. This is the way you create scarcity, and this is the way yeah. you value things. That it's so far it was quite hard to to give a mon- uh, to give money to. Yeah. Thank Perfectly you. clear, actually. Thanks. And, um, you know, I have this feeling that um, it, it's all about uh, uh, know what we're talking about, uh, right? Like um, educate a little bit also the companies, the old players, uh, the investors, and in some cases also the, the end consumers. So they are much more empowered to understand what, what it is it about. And I think the purpose of Block IS is also uh, around that. So really try to to push the European ecosystem and learn more about uh, blockchain. But uh, as you know, um, Europe, it's, it's, it's very, it's quite big and not really homogeneous in the way it's, it's shaped. Um, so 
I'm curious to understand uh, if you also had some issues, or I wouldn't call them issues, maybe um, uh, a little bit more things to do around the regulation process, you know, because when talking about something new, there is always something also, uh, big question marks around regulation and processes and so on. So I also see uh, Jean-Christophe, you have your company in Tallinn. So I want to understand a little bit more, more around that. Maybe Marco, you can start uh, telling us uh, if, you, if you had any, any issue with that. Yeah, of course, uh, uh, <laughs> European Union is a great place where to run a business because uh, there is a very relevant uh, market uh, and uh, also the average uh, uh, spending of people is quite high if compared to the rest of the world. But the fact that there are kind of 28 different countries uh, and every country still has to deal with their own specific regulation and, and norms, uh, really make things very complex. So in our particular case of Volvero, for instance, uh, we are addressing uh, the peer-to-peer -peer car sharing as well as the B2C car sharing. And while uh, in the B2C space, it's much easier for us to see a sort of uh, uh, uniform uh, regulation and legal system across uh, all over Europe. What we discover in analyzing the peer-to-peer -peer space is that uh, there is a, a highly fragmented uh, market. So, for instance, uh, in certain countries, the peer-to-peer -peer car sharing is totally allowed and there are a lot of rules that, uh, discipline, uh, that discipline it. While in other countries, uh, they just uh, mention what the peer-to-peer -peer car sharing is and uh, how they should, uh, uh, the, the players in the ecosystem should at least try to configure their uh, solution. Uh, while uh, in other countries, uh, for instance, there is a total lack of uh, any kind of uh, uh, rule and law about it. So these make things very complicated because what's allowed in one country uh, may not be allowed in, in other countries. And uh, if you are, for instance, an Italian company trying to do something in the peer-to-peer, -peer, you can't. But if you are a French company, maybe you can, and you can also sell your service in Italy, you know, because you are a French company that has to deal with uh, a French regulatory system. I'm saying French because it's, of course, uh, one of the countries in which these peer-to-peer uh, uh, -peer, uh, uh, systems are... Uh, or is more regulated than uh, yeah. other country and more advanced. So yeah, there is uh, still a lot, a lot, a lot of work that we need to do as uh, uh, European Union in order to uh, level the uh, play field for uh, all the operators uh, across uh, uh, very different industries. Thanks, Marco. Jean-Christophe, tell us, a French in Tallinn. <laughs> a French in Tallinn, sorry, yeah. Uh, why, why Estonia? You know, when you are a startup, and especially a blockchain startup, um, where you are located, where you are incorporated, it's, it's, it's really important. Makes a difference, yeah. Yes. And, 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 you know, to make a long story short, I was located in Switzerland. So, of course, Switzerland was a, a very attractive place to set up a blockchain startup. But 
but there is some hidden cost cost that it's really expensive to 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 to, to conduct a business in this country. Um, and then some others said, "Oh, you you should explore Liechtenstein." <laughs> Because Liechtenstein was very active in the blockchain industry. And a lot of people said to us, Liechtenstein? For real? And um, so we were keeping searching. And at one point, why Estonia? Because they're super friendly. You know, as a startup, you are tiny as you cannot not imagine. But when you have a country, you said, okay, we do know that you are super tiny. We, you do know that you are two or three people. But maybe tomorrow you, you will be much bigger. So come on, we have this irredentity program. Of course, we are non, not located in, in Estonia. So it, it, sounds, it makes for us perfectly sense because we are using the internet for doing a lot of things, mainly including now to have uh, events and conferences. So to, to integrate this idea to, to not living in the country that you have your business or to live in a country where you, you this, this is the way you design your, your story, the, the way you design your, your, your software and everything, but it, it, it's located somewhere else. This is something that it's completely inherently what the internet is providing us with. Yeah. So it, for us, it's completely... It's completely, I would say, natural to 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 living in one place and to to incorporate a company in another way, another place, and to to address more precisely your question about the European Union, um, it's, it's, there is a lot of diversity. That's for sure, um, and this is something that we clearly can see uh, in the Baltics, in in Estonia. I mean, former countries, like very young countries, formerly part of the of the um, uh, Soviet Union. Right, yeah. uh, I mean, this is something that from France, you, you have no idea what, what, it, what it could be. And um, so what I'm saying that European Union, it's a very young entity. And we are, I mean, we are, uh, teach, we are learning while, while we are working. And what is interesting that in the blockchain industry, um, Europe has very, very strong, uh, strong advantages. Um, they are pushing for this, for this, uh, for this technology. Um, I would say the, the legal framework and regulatory framework, the, the main challenge that they have is, is not to, to focus on something that is wrong again, uh, Cryptocurrency is not a currency, so don't don't treat it as a currency. Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> blockchain can provide something else, so it's very hard uh, when you are a lawmaker to say, okay, but you know we have this old way of understanding, or we have this old benchmark, and and of course you have all this lobbying pushing for okay. Blockchain should be regulated uh, as, as a bank is, regul is regulated because you are se selling a financial instrument. And you know, okay, this, we don't sell any in financial instrument. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. Okay. So you can, you can use old regulation or old way to tackle some very new challenges, but it, it won't work that way. So it's very hard, as you said, to educate, including the lawmakers, because 
because if yeah, you say course. currency, they would say, okay, uh, security. If you say yeah. um, uh, that's impossibility to, to apply the privacy by design, or it, oh, on the country, it's a privacy by design. Oh, you're in contradiction. Yeah, the thing you, you see, you say it's right. I mean, it's it's a very young uh, setup, but inside it has a lot of legacy for many countries. So it's very difficult uh, to to make it not so heterogenic. Um, and also, of course, I mean. Uh, Again, we, we go back to the point of education and knowledge sharing. The more we know about that, the better decision we can uh, uh, we can make. And that's why also the Block IS initiative is so important because it gives us the opportunity, first of all, to discover company, companies like yours and, uh, and realities and geographies that are not so, so used for us, like the Baltics, as you were mentioning but also to, to spread a little bit more the, um, the empowerment around the, the Block IS community and, uh, and ecosystem. So as last question, I want to, to talk uh, a little bit more about the Block IS project, what it meant for you, why did you apply, and uh, what actually did you gain out of that? Marco. So the Block IS uh, project was a very interesting one because uh, it came not only with uh, some good uh, financial aid, which is always uh, welcome <laughs> and appreciated, yeah, especially when you are an early stage startup as we were uh, back in the days, and we still are, by the way. But of course, uh, uh, getting access to uh, that capital allow us to really prove uh, our technology, our platform. So it was uh, literally a game changer for us. And probably if uh, it wasn't for Block IS today, we wouldn't uh, be here. And uh, so I will always be grateful for, uh, for that to the managers of the program, but also, of course, to uh, who is uh, founding these kind of programs. And uh, of course, uh, money is not, uh, uh, is not everything. There are other good perks that came uh, uh, with the Block IS program. So uh, network opportunities, of course, it's one of them, but also the chance of having access to a network of mentors uh that were very good with uh, topics like uh, go to market strategy uh market validation uh, and also uh some uh, some mentors were pretty technical so we had the chance to also uh have someone to compare with and uh, to ask for uh their opinion as uh, like independent advisor. So all in all, I really think that uh, Block uh, IS was uh, so far one of the most uh, important uh, uh, program for for us uh, at Volvero. Thanks, uh, thanks, Marco. Jean Christophe was also so positive for you as well. Yeah. It was, and it is, again, thanks, uh, thanks to the discussion of today. Uh, as Marco said, uh, I can reiterate uh, what is already said. Um, of course, the, 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 the amount of money was really something, that it was really something that we could 
that we could spend that, that it funds or and it subsidizes our development. So the, the amount of money that the grant that we received was very, very, very helpful. Um, the funny thing that we incorporated the campaign in September 2019 and we applied for Block Ice for the, and we joined the first court. We applied in, in October. So we were like very young and, and Snijana, one of the co-founders, she said, "Okay, there is a there is a, a grant. We could we should apply." And we said, "Okay, well, you know, European Commission program. It's gonna it's gonna be a mess. It's gonna be so complicated." And she said, "No, no, it, it's it's straightforward to apply. Just a couple of questions, and and it seems that we fit well." And um, and and so we apply, and we joined the first court, and 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 it, it was great because I do remember that in January, and if I'm um, 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 I'm correct, Volvero was with us in January in, in, in Istanbul. And it, it was very great to, to, to continue this, this, to, to have these ventures, to have this journey. And then the COVID came in March. So yeah. all this dynamic that we could experience in Istanbul, like m m meeting our peers and to engage with, uh, with, um, with, uh, with the mentors and, and the team, Every, everything stops. But the good thing that Block A said, okay, we couldn't meet and we could have face-to-face -face meeting anymore and we could convey you in one single location. But still, uh, they were, uh, they were set up some events that we could, uh, that we could engage, that we could attend, uh, even remotely and, of course, uh, virtually, but, but it was still very, very positive. So it, it was a very interesting uh, program for that because we were we hit the wall all of us we hit the wall of COVID in March and said okay we yeah. couldn't we this is January was something special but we cannot duplicate that anymore so let's do it in, in a different way so for that guys they were like super flexible and they, and they provide us with all the support that we need and and the most important thing and this is something that from our perspective I mean from the European um, perspective we didn't really get but you know when you, when in our um, in our situation we are dealing with some people from all over the world and every time we said okay you know we got a we want a grant from European Commission I said, wow you want a grant from European yeah it's kind of a label right yeah, exactly <laughs> it's rather like we've got this stamp and they were from every part of the world in Japan in India in Australia in Nigeria, in US, I said, wow, you, you mean the European Commission? Was the it the real European Commission? Yeah, yeah, but they were interesting. But so yes, they nice, were. Nice so we you. have you have, I mean, it's really extremely powerful on the global level. You have no idea of that. Nice, great. And you were mentioning, of course, COVID and the fact we couldn't do our missions uh, um, in presence. But hopefully, as of September, we will have uh, some more gatherings. Uh, in October, we have uh, Milan and then Valencia and so on. So stay, stay tuned because we have a lot of news, hopefully, if, uh, if the Delta variation is not uh, killing us all. And uh, OK, guys, thanks a lot. Uh, as last, very, very last question, I just want you to share with our audience uh, um, where we can find more info about your companies. So about Volvero, where our listeners can, uh, can find you, Marco. 
You can browse for our website, uh, volvero.com. You can find us on LinkedIn. We are uh, also communicating through our Facebook page. That's always Volvero. And of course, for uh, the audience of today, as soon as you are in Italy, download the app and be sure that you are renting uh, a vehicle or better, an electric vehicle for your uh, uh, travel here in in Italy while you are uh, getting around. So volvero.com and download the app. Great. I'm actually based in Milan now, so I will will do it immediately after this... uh... This episode. Thanks, Marco. Jean-Christophe, about ODLNG. In, in our case, the best way to, to follow what we are doing, uh, because we are very active on LinkedIn, uh, so make a quick search of ODLNG, and, and, and I'm sure uh, the audience will find our post. And this is, um, this is a network that we are cultivating, and it brings a lot of, a lot of contacts. Uh, so please interact with us via LinkedIn. Of course, we have our website, odol.ng. And, and please shoot me an email, g- jc at odol.ng, and I will be happy to continue the discussion with everybody. Thank you again. Great. Thanks a lot. We will put all the information in the description so everybody knows where to find you. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. It was really a pleasure to have you in this episode. Thanks a lot to our audience and remember to follow us also on social media and stay tuned for the next episode. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.